Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And I want to talk to you about something that I think we say away from. I'm calling this embrace suffering. Okay, don't disconnect. Don't pull the plug. Don't push the button. I want to talk to you about this because I think that suffering is something we avoid, and we avoid it for the obvious reasons. But I want to just give you a little insight, not my insight, but a little insight from the Bible and from some great writers who have experienced suffering and draw some conclusions from this. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 22, we read, Never, Lord, never, never, this shall not happen to you. You remember who says that? Peter. Good old Peter. He's always in the middle of something, isn't he? And he, he's been told that, that Jesus is going to suffer and die on the cross. And he says, never, never, I'm never going to let this happen to you. He also says, never, you can't wash my feet. Okay, okay, wash my whole body. So Peter's, Peter's saying out there, I think, what often we are thinking out there. And I have a very precious friend who lost her son. He was 36 years old when he died. And her grief and pain is was still is enormous but I have watched her now five years since her son's death and I see something different in her I see something different in her and my idea about talking to you about this is because of her instinctively because of her it almost has made me feel like I want what she has And then I have to ask myself the question, do I want it badly enough to go through what she went through? And right away, if you could be in studio here, you would see my shoulders just went up like, no, all my hands are in front of me. No, 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 I know. I I don't want to have happened to me what happened to her, but I would emphatically say, I want to have what she has. I want to have what she has. And I've been reading um, a little book uh, that I would just recommend to anyone um, called Practicing the Presence of God. And it was written by a monk. His name was Brother Lawrence. It's been in print for hundreds of years. And it's not, he didn't write the book. There insights from his life and there's part of his life that he, he first of all his notion brother lawrence's whole concept is practicing the presence of god and how do you practice the presence of god that you are cherishing and noticing what's going on in your life all the time and you're establishing relationship with him and because i'm conscious of his being together. And we've been talking about having more emphasis on some spiritual disciplines and practices. And we're going to do that. We're going to get back to that. We did a few last fall. And we have, we, there's just so much material. We may wind up <clears throat> adding more shows to our, um, our inventory as the fall begins. But the idea that we practice 
it's a practice of practicing the presence of God, and it becomes a practice. And how do you do that? Well, I said a few days ago about community, you do things together. If marriages are better when you go to church together, it's partly because you go to church together and you hear the same things. That's a good thing. And if practicing time with God is an awareness of his being with us all the time, and he is always present, we're the only one who don't recognize that he's there. He's always present. You hear people say all the time that some dreadful thing happened and they called out to God. People who never prayed, they prayed to God. And because they are sure he's there. So Lawrence said, no, I want to be conscious of him all the time. I want to have this ongoing dialogue. I want to have this joy. And what he had done was a very mediocre kind of life. He lived, a, he was not exceptionally strong. He had a feeble leg. Um, he didn't consider himself particularly bright. Uh, he had a hard time settling up accounts. It, he just plays himself and portrays himself as a simple person, lovely but simple, and he wants to know more about God. And so he begins to talk to God. And by this time he's a monk and he's working in the kitchen and he's watching pots and pans. And so he begins to talk to God. Well, part of Brother Lawrence's teaching comes, and I didn't understand this until much later, it has to do with suffering. He says, this is Lawrence speaking, love eases pain. Suffering. And when one loves God, one suffers for God with joy and with courage. He also says, my pains and sufferings would be paradise to me if I suffered them with God. And the greatest pleasures would be a hell if I enjoyed them without God. All my solace is to suffer something for him. My dear listeners, I want you to know I have never said all my solace is to suffer something for him. Oh, I've thought about it. I've thought about suffering. I've thought about suffering that God has allowed in my life that's caused me to be able to comfort others. I have lots of pieces and places that I put together, but not that I would say to you that all of it is that I would suffer something for him. Suffer something for him. From the New Testament, um, great spiritual writers say the same. In true Christianity, suffering is not something to avoid, but to embrace gladly. Embrace suffering, I'm calling this. Who says I want to embrace suffering? As Paul declared, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Indeed, we must share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. And I think... One of the questions I've heard most in my adult life is someone saying, what is sharing in Christ's suffering? Like, what is it? What does it look like? I've often heard this response, and that is, as I speak of Christ and my relationship with Christ, when people say, I live in la-la land, or that's not realistic, or where is your God when the world is being turned upside down? I suffer because they are making fun of me 
as I believe that Christ's life matters, so I suffer. Oh, wow, doesn't that seem trivial? Doesn't that seem trivial to the suffering of my friend who lost her son? And then there's this idea about when I resist suffering. When I resist suffering, all of my relationships with God, myself, and others become shallow and unfulfilled. I don't let any pain get near me. Um, It's been said that people who are wealthy, who are highly educated, can protect themselves from a lot of suffering. And if you take a homeless man who every day has to look for his food and has to sleep in climate and conditions that are not comfortable, and then you take a very wealthy man who gets on an elevator and rides to his apartment and falls into his cushy bed, well, he certainly, his wealth has protected him from some suffering. For if I embrace suffering, it can draw people together. If I don't embrace it, then it pushes them apart. And when I suffer, I tend to judge myself. And so I withdraw from others because I'm insecure. And when others suffer, I tend to judge them. And I thought to myself, I do. I tend to judge others. Well, anybody ever say anything like this? Well, the reason why they don't have any money is because they weren't very careful with their resources. Oh, you know that's not true. And yet that, that suspect of judgment, that piece of judgment that comes out, judgment is our strategy for keeping suffering at bay. But the fruit of judgment, the fruit of judgment is the greatest suffering of all, and that is we are alienated from one another. Is that maybe the suffering? What suffering could be worse than to be cut off from our family, our friends, our relationship, our fellowship? I have known men and women who lived their entire lives alienated. And when I see them, sometimes I have sympathy or empathy. And what are they alienated? They are unwilling to become intimate with anyone for fear that they will have pain, their hearts will be broken, and there will be suffering. Does that get it down to your level now? I'm not talking about losing your son and suffering. I'm not talking about embracing suffering like Christ had. I'm talking about the shared pain. When we embrace one another, when we embrace suffering that someone else is experiencing instead of causing judgment on it. I've heard people say they've been at that suffering for long enough. They've been grieving too long. And I say, I don't think there is a too long. I think that my friend will grieve over the loss of her son until she sees him in heaven. I grieve over the loss of her son. But I notice that there is a tenderness, a sense of empathy, a sense of compassion that is deepened and widened since the loss of her son. It's the thing that's so attractive in her. So 
I just want to say to you, like Brother Lawrence said to you, if I suffered with God and the greatest pleasures would be a hell if I enjoyed them without him, all my solace is to suffer something for him. Do you belong to God in body, soul, spirit, and mind? Do you receive and embrace suffering because you know he is in it with you? And that the more we suffer, the more we can understand suffering and embrace others. Or are you protecting yourself from being hurt and having no intimate and close relationships? Are you ready to get rid of your husband or your wife because they're not understanding who you are? Or are you embracing the suffering of mankind until Jesus returns? And in doing so, drawing yourself closer to God himself. Practicing the presence of God in the suffering that he has called you to be. When we are together in this suffering, we are the band of brothers who march into war. We are each other's wingman or soul sister. I always think of that movie about the magnolias, steel magnolias, and those five women, different as night and day, old, young, married, unmarried, widowed, divorced, they come together like the strength of steel to comfort and endure the suffering of the one who has lost her daughter. So, I ask you to consider it. Oh, I don't ask you to say Brother Lawrence's words and that all my solace is to suffer something for him. But I ask you to consider, are you resisting suffering? Are you protecting yourself and drawing a hedge around yourself? And in doing so, you are missing the blessings of the unity with God and with others? And if so, would you spend some time asking the Lord for ways to embrace suffering? We are Modern Homemakers, and I am Donna Otto. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go ahead and make it an uncommon day of exploring the benefits of suffering. Mm-hmm.